This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. issue for all women. Hey there you lot. I hope you and yours are safe and well and doing okay. And if you're one of the Stone Cold legends working on the front line, please accept a massive thank you and a hug if that's not too forward. Welcome to this week's Sunday Chops. Now, I don't know about you, but my zoo, Clarky Cat, Elsie Bulldog and Bill and Ted the Rats take a lot of credit for keeping me sane, well, ish, in these really unsettling times. And so Hannah and I got on the Zoom to Dr. Judy Puddyfoot, TV vet and absolute smasher, to ask her for advice on looking after your pets in the lockdown and put those myths about animals spreading the virus to bed. We also chat about a little doggo my fella Gary and I rescued, and I just thought it important to mention that we've registered him on Dogs Lost UK and done what we can so far to find his owner. As I say in the podcast, a lot of options in how you'd usually do this aren't available amid the lockdown, but we'll try them as soon as they are. Finally, Judy's a qualified vet and all, and you know, really good with animals, but she's wrong about mine and Hannah's cats, as you'll find out. Hi, Mickey and I are joined on the phone by Dr. Judy Puddyfoot, vet and all-round top woman. Let's go with woman, and all-round top woman. <laughs> I don't know why I... Oh, God. My ability to speak is being reduced by the amount of stuff I talk about that is literally zero. Can we just acknowledge that Judy still sounds like a character that Beatrix Potter made up? (laughs) My name, not my voice, I hope. (laughs) I don't know. Um, I've never listened to her books, but maybe you should narrate some. I'd certainly start listening then. I'm up for it. If anyone wants to, you know, your people contact my people, I'll do it. You rescued that car crash of an intro there. We've got a couple of questions we want to ask you that pet owners are going to be concerned about their pets during this time. And probably the, most of our questions are best wrapped up in an anecdote that Mickey could start with of something that happened to her two weeks ago? Three weeks Three ago weeks now. Ago. Oh, time flies when you're doing absolutely nothing in your house. Well done for knowing how many weeks, because I don't even know what day it is. It's December. So a couple of weeks ago, I saw on Twitter that a little dog had been left tied to a tree in Southwark and we live in Southwark and the the woman whose flat it was outside wasn't in Southwark at the time and was really like oh my god someone come and help the dog so my fellow and I embarked on a rescue mission he'd been left there for five hours so no one had come to see if they could find him he was tied to the tree with a really new lead which was a bit odd so we brought him home Gave him some food, gave him some water, gave him some love and a walk. And then our lovely pals down the road have taken him in. What's the right thing to do when you find a lost or abandoned dog? Well, to be honest, the advice for that hasn't changed. If you find a lost or abandoned dog, then I think you can intervene. I don't see why that, that, that should change, to be honest. There's a lot of myths going around, especially on social media at the moment, that you know animals, can they get COVID-19? The answer at the moment is there's no current evidence to say they can, okay? There's been some reports that some dogs and cats around the world, Hong Kong, etc., have tested positive for COVID-19. Now, what that means is, let me break it down. So 
when an animal tests positive for COVID-19, that means these animals had tests for this disease and they were found to be positive for it. But these animals were owned by people who had also tested positive for COVID-19 and were sick. They were ill. Let me stress, the animals were not sick. They didn't suffer with the disease. They had no symptoms, no signs. It's most likely that in those instances, actually the animals caught it from their owners. So it's human to animal transmission, probably not animal to human transmission. It's a new disease. Um, Vets and medics, human medics, it's brand new to all of us. We don't know about it. So the there isn't the research out there yet. We don't have long-term studies or anything like that, like we do for everything else. Really, the main question people keep asking me is, are pets a risk to their owners and to other people? They're no more of a risk than any other surface, if you want to call it that. So if somebody <laughs> who's got it has sneezed or coughed, you know, somebody who's positive for, for COVID-19 has sneezed or coughed on their cat or their dog, and then you go ahead and you, you stroke that animal's fur, and then you start, I don't know, biting your fingernails or licking your hands, whatever people do. Potentially, you're going to get it. But no, if you touched um, a trolley handle or a door handle, frankly. So if you see a dog tied to a tree, yes, you can go and intervene and get it, or you can find the RSPCA, who I'm sure are still working and could go out and get it. No, no, they're not still working. They okay. will only come out in an emergency, and that wasn't deemed an emergency. There has to be signs of cruelty. Yeah. Also, the dog warden wasn't working. The dog warden, interesting. There weren't many options, basically. The risks of going out and getting, you know, a dog that's been tied up to a tree by some numpty, let's face it, are very, very low. You know, unless you're obviously immunosuppressed, you're on, uh, you know, chemotherapy treatments or you've got other immunodeficient uh, illnesses, then I think the risks are very, very low, to be honest. So I would still go out there and rescue the dog. Mickey came across a problem, which was that he had a chip, but the vet would only see a dog in an emergency, which having a chip checked wasn't, which did lead us to ask the question, what is emergency enough to take your own pet? to the vet for i think that i suppose the worry might be that in the same way that people aren't going to a and e for heart attacks that people aren't taking their dogs and cats in when they've got injuries that do need a vet it's a very good question and it's one that has been asked a lot to, to vets recently obviously very difficult to give you an exhaustive list of this is an emergency i mean we're talking about things that Basically, there's an imminent you know, risk to health or welfare of an animal. So we're not talking about nail clips. We're not talking about your dog needing to, to have his anal glands emptied. We're not talking about things like that. We're talking about dogs and cats. Oh, this again. <laughs> I went there. I went there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're talking about, you know, your cat or your dog has been hit by a car. They've been vomiting or having diarrhea for a few days and not eating. They're collapsed or they're weak. They've got trauma. Your cat's been in a fight and got an open wound. You know, proper emergency, urgent stuff that you would, in humans, call an ambulance for, I suppose is a good analogy. But I would back that up with, if you are at all worried about your pet, and let's be honest, everybody sat at home, and it seems everybody sat at home staring at their cats and dogs, (laughs) then you need to phone your regular practice. Phone your regular practice and get their advice. They are very happy to triage your 
your animal over the phone. You can continue to send pictures in or videos of your animals via email and the vets will look at that and assess it and get back to you. And if they deem it necessary for your animal to come in, they will have your animal into the practice if they think it's necessary. Okay. I would say, though, be prepared. Things are a little bit different at the, at the minute when you take your animal to the vets. People, owners, unfortunately, aren't being allowed into the practices, only on very specific cases, euthanasias, for example, potentially. So your animal will be examined away from you and the vet will do a consultation over the phone with you. So they'll speak to you before and after they've examined your animal, but probably not in person, I imagine. Yes, I mean, that is the, that is the problem, one of my cats was being a bit difficult the other day and I thought do you know what she's still eating so I think it was hot she was just out of sorts but it was also like it's been really hot this weekend and hot weather does put her out of sorts and I thought am I being cruel by not taking her to be checked up or am I being cruel by taking her and putting the vet's health at risk and all of that stuff we're going to assume that Mickey's dog that she uh, that she picked up had possibly been abandoned because people felt they couldn't look after him the worry is, is that going to happen more and more, do you think, Judy? I mean, lots of people are now incredibly financially stretched, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, there's several different reasons why vets are worried as a profession that this might happen. One, obviously, is is that people are going to worry that their animal can get COVID-19 and pass it on to them. Again, I've got to reiterate, no current evidence that that is the case. OK, so so please don't go and duck your animals because of that that is the last thing that anybody wants and the financial constraints that everybody's under obviously um now obviously you know as vets we bang on quite a lot about nutrition you know if you can't afford your regular sort of medium to high quality pet food that you're you're feeding your animals feed them whatever you can afford all right um i'm not saying go out and feed them you know rubbish clearly human food and stuff but if you have to downgrade to to a cheaper dog food or a cat food brand you know what? Do it. We have to prioritise. Um, for, for In the short to medium term, that's really not going to be an issue for most animals. If you are going to change the diet, we can take the vet out of the practice. But <laughs> <laughs> if you change the diet, you must wean them over slowly. So don't run out of the food you've got and then just swap them over. OK, wean them over a good week to 10 days. Else you are going to have a dog or a cat with diarrhoea. And trust me, when you're in lockdown, trapped at home with them, that is not what you need. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> nice and slowly. OK. <laughs> And, and obviously the financial issues, you know, there you should only be seen, your animals should only be seen for emergencies uh, and urgent cases anyway. So vet's bills shouldn't really be a problem for you at the minute. Um, you know, so there, yeah, I have no answers for the financial constraints people are under, obviously. I, I, I can't help with that. Hopefully most people are still being paid or essential workers are going to work or you're being furloughed. So you'll get some sort of income. Um, but obviously we understand this and it's, you know, historically, this happens um, when, when finances become an issue. Animals, unfortunately, bear the brunt of it. Um, but please don't just tie them to trees so that Mickey has to go out and get them all. If you could be a bit more responsible about it, nobody will ever judge you for it. Phone one of the charities. I'm sure something can be arranged. You know, there's the Cats Protection. There's um, the Dogs Trust. There's uh, the, the Battersea Dogs and Cats Trust at home. There are, there are ways and means if you research it. If you really are struggling... Please just get some help. Don't just dump, please. He's getting on all right, isn't he, Mick? Yeah, he's doing really, really well. Now called Jonesy and having the whale of his life, which is lovely. 
Wonderful. Yeah, the microchip thing, I mean, scanning the microchip is obviously difficult. All dogs legally by eight weeks of age have to have microchips. So, you know, all dogs should technically have a microchip. But clearly there's only certain people in society, you know, weirdos like me that has a microchip at home, scanner at home. Um, yeah. And vet practices and uh, dogs trust, uh, dog wardens, um, RSPCA inspectors, they all have microchip scanners. But again, your local vet practice is not going to accept you coming down with a stray dog so that they can scan the microchip, unfortunately. That is something that I think is going to prove difficult. So hang on to the dog, foster it for the lockdown, and then we'll find the owner after. What I have seen as well is a lot of people taking on pets during this period. And in the same way I keep referring to this period as shit Christmas, because it's like Christmas, (laughs) but shit, maybe it's not the time to take on a pet. Is it better to to try and get all strays housed or is it better that people who are not used to having pets don't take on pets right now, in your opinion? Very good point and I'm glad you've brought it up. This is not, I repeat, not the time to take on a new pet, a cat or a dog or a kitten or a puppy, honestly. We've just mentioned a couple of things, you know, the financial constraints that people, which inevitably may well get worse over over the time period, however long this may go on for. But one, unnecessary travel. You're going to travel somewhere to go and get a kitten or a dog or a cat or a puppy. Unnecessary. Um, Also, dogs in particular, obviously trying to get them socialised. So get them out and about to see different people and other puppies and other dogs. Going to be very difficult during lockdown. Actually impossible and probably quite responsible if you do. Lockdown doesn't just apply to the people in your house. It applies really for strict Sort of, you should if you're going to do it properly, it should really apply to your dogs as well. So you shouldn't be letting your dogs sort of run around and play with other dogs in the in the park, and you should be stroking other people's dogs. You know, for the reasons mentioned earlier. So no, really, this isn't an ideal time for getting a new puppy or a kitten, honestly. Unless it's been tied to a tree, then you can go and get it. <laughs> Great. Um, I have been desperate to get a kitten. I thought it would be a helpful thing to do to take a kitten off the PDSA, but um, they said uh, no, they were fine. And to be honest, as you've seen already, my cats can't just stop wandering through. I can't control two of them. I don't know how I'm going to control three. There are four of us on this Zoom call. Yeah. (laughs) To be honest, a lot of the rehoming charities have temporarily suspended rehoming of animals for the reasons I've already mentioned. So to be honest, I think it's going to be a dead end if you phone the charities. That's a good thing for the reasons mentioned, but it's probably also a bad thing because it pushes other people, people to other avenues of sourcing kittens and puppies. And we all know that the internet is full of them, unfortunately. But people are, unfortunately, haven't got the message. They still go and meet people in service station laybys and pick up puppies out of, you know, um, backs of vans. And this is probably only going to get worse. And we have seen an increase in the amount of people looking for and getting puppies and kittens. And it's, it's just not the best time. question that's kind of got a bit of hope in it as you'll see from seeing from my cats they are needy I work from home but they are even more needy than normal given that I'm at home all the time now how the hell am I going to get to adjust them to the idea that one day I will be going outside again the cats I really don't think they'll be bothered (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I mean, cats, I know then yours and yours are particularly needy, yeah. but uh, they kind of just tolerate human beings at the best of times. <laughs> She's lying oh. to us, Becky. She's lying to us. Oh. <laughs> Clarky yeah. loves me with all of his fairy soul. 
okay. <laughs> I am mama cat. Hear me roar. Sure. Okay. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, teach him how to use a tin opener and then see how much time he spends with you. <laughs> but dogs is going to be a problem, isn't it? Because dogs will be getting used to their parent, their parents. I can make their, 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 um, yeah, let's go with humans. parents. Humans, adopted they're humans. Parents. Yeah. Being they're, around they're adopted all the parents. time. Yes, they will. And this is actually one problem that we are worried about, the behavioural impacts on dogs of lockdown of their owners being home all day. So they've got company. As we all know, dogs are very sociable animals, unlike cats. Um, And they like having their family around them. Again, another reason, let's break it into two parts, adult dogs and puppies. So if you're going to get a new puppy, you're at home with it 24-7 at the moment. Then when lockdown finishes, at some point in the future you're going to go back to work at some point and that dog now you've not been able to get it used to gradually being left on its own for longer and longer periods which is what you would normally do when you get a puppy it's going to go from having everybody at home 24 7 which is fantastic to bang i'm now all of a sudden on my own for a significant period of the day potentially that is going to have massive impacts on the behavior and the welfare of those puppies so another reason not to get one at this moment in time Adult dogs, yes, again, whilst initially they were like, hey, everyone's at home, this is fantastic. Again, once you all disappear back off to work, I think people really need to think about this and and perhaps get some things in place for when they're going to go back to work, which is either getting a dog sitter or a dog walker or somebody to come in and perhaps take your dog out for walks or sit with them for a few hours. And again, sort of trying to wean them back to being used to being on their own for however long they were before. Because yes, again, it's going to have welfare and behavioural impacts on dogs, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, sad face. Say you can tell you're a cat person. <laughs> no, I love dogs. I absolutely love dogs. I miss my friends' dogs way more than I miss my friends. I mean, I've said that now on a public forum, so I might have to edit that out. Don't name the friends. One of the me, Hannah. Uh, no, they know who they are because uh, you always show me your pets anyway. But some of my friends, I'm like, can you hold your pets up to the camera, please? Thank you. <laughs> so I can look at their little faces. I absolutely love dogs. Mick, have you got any more questions? Yeah, just a random one that isn't anything to do with the current global pandemic. But we're currently building our rats, a massive rat mansion. Anything we should definitely put in there for them. Uh, well, you said rats plural, so it's good you've got multiple rats because they are very social creatures. So that's good. Two, Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted, excellent. <laughs> See what I did there. So I think lots of things for them to gnaw on because they're rodents at the end of the day, so they like chewing. So you know, wooden things, particularly fruit uh, twigs and, and things like that. Lots of things for climbing. They love climbing. Um, just be careful. Obviously, their little toes don't get caught in the wire and things like that. We do see broken toes and things and nails. If you can clip the nails so they don't get too long. Hammocks. They like hammocks and they like tunnels and they like uh, things that they can shred. So just things to keep the, their mind occupied, I would say. I just want to say that she's so rude about my children. <laughs> <laughs> One of them doesn't love me and the, other, the others are rodents. Uh, so. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry for being scientifically accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what you make of anthropomorph. Oh, now I'm not going to be able to say it now. Anthropomorphizing. Yeah, our, our animals, which is exactly what we do all the time. And do you know what? It's a double-edged sword because it's good in some ways, but it's bad in others. It's good if you love them as much as you love humans, because it means hopefully you're going to 
treat them well and look after them well, but also it could mean you're going to smother them and actually treat them like they're humans. Um, and they're not. <laughs> so little chihuahuas are not babies. They don't need wrapping up and carrying. They've got little four legs and they all work. So put it on the floor and get it used to being six inches off the floor. But so it's, it's a double-edged sword. It's good and bad, to be honest. I'm asking about what Judy said, and he says he agrees with some of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if you'd like to write his complaint in an email, I'll be... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Judy, this has been brilliant. Thank you so much. Good luck with the rest of your lockdown. Thank you. It's going all right for you, isn't it? It is going all right. I'm into the fourth week now. And like most people, I hit a bit of a wall middle of last week. I had a couple of days where I was really quite down. But, you know, reaching out to friends and talking about it um, really got me through it. So that always helps. So I think everybody at some point is going to hit that wall, whether it be, you know, last week, next week, in a few weeks, whatever. But I think just keeping the bigger picture in your mind of why we're doing this is is paramount. And I think um, reach out and just talk. Talking is good. Don't keep it in. Everyone's going through the same thing. Everyone's going to struggle at some point. So, yeah, just reach out to people. There are people there. Well said. When it's all over, get a cat because they're really social. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> Before you disappear, can I just mention a couple of things? Vets understand this is a really worrying time for pet owners. Honestly, we really do. Everybody's worried. They are doing as much as possible to get people to to still have the access to us. They are still there 24-7 for you. So we don't want you worrying that we're not there. Vets are still there. If you're at all concerned about your animal, please just phone your regular practice. Phone them. Don't just go down and turn up. Okay, that's not what we want. If you can please just phone them, you can still email pictures and videos and we can triage over the phone and on videos, okay, um, or on email. So please do get in touch with <laughs> your cats, Hannah. Yeah. Look, she's showing you her bum, Judy, because that you thought she didn't love me. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> See, that's cats for you. That's their attitude. <laughs> um, and lastly, can I just say a massive thank you to all the vets and nurses and receptionists and animal care assistants that are still going out to work and putting their lives and their health and their family's health on the line for the pet owning public. We really thank appreciate you. what yeah. you're doing. Well said. You're on the Twitter, aren't you, Judy? Where can people follow you? Uh, you can follow me, not down the street, because I'm currently not going out. You can follow <laughs> me uh, at Judy the Vet on both Twitter and Instagram. And I've got a Facebook page, which is just Judy the Vet as well. Perfect. Standard issue for all women.